Gospel Classics, The Real Christmas, by President Howard W. Hunter, 1907-1995, 14th President of the Church. Howard W. Hunter was born in Idaho on November the 14th, 1907, to Nellie Marie Rasmussen and John William Hunter. He was ordained an apostle on October the 15th, 1959, and became president of the church on June 5, 1994. He passed away on March 3, 1995. The real Christmas comes to him who has taken Christ into his life as a moving, dynamic, vitalizing force. Christmas is a busy season. Streets and stores are filled with people making last-minute preparations. Travelers on the highways increase. Airports are crowded. All Christianity seems to come to life with music, lights, and festive decorations. A writer has said, Of all holidays, there is none that enters so fully into the human heart and stirs so many of the higher sentiments. The thoughts, memories, hopes, and customs linked with it are bound by antiquity and nationality collectively, and by childhood and old age individually. They embrace the religious, social, and patriotic sides of our nature. The holly and mistletoe entwined among the evergreens, the habit of giving gifts to those we love, the presence of the Christmas tree, the superstition of Santa Claus, all combining to make Christmas the most longed for, the most universal, and from every standpoint, the most important holiday known to man. Clarence Baird, The Spirit of Christmas, Improvement Era, December 1919, page 154. The Origin of Christmas The season is steeped in tradition and its roots stem back in history. The commencement of the holiday lies in pagan worship long before the introduction of Christianity. The god Mithra was worshipped by the ancient Aryans, and this worship gradually spread to India and Persia. Mithra at first was the god of the heavenly light of the bright skies, and later in the Roman period was worshipped as the deity of the sun or the sun god, Saul Invictus Mithra. In the first century before Christ, Pompey carried on conquests along the southern coast of Cilicia in Asia Minor, and many of the prisoners taken in those military actions were brought captive to Rome. This introduced the pagan worship of Mithra to Rome, for these prisoners spread the religion among the Roman soldiers. The worship became popular, particularly in the ranks of the Roman armies. We find today in the ruins of the cities of the far-flung Roman Empire the shrines of Mithra. Mithraism flourished in the Roman world and became the chief competitor of Christianity in the religious beliefs of the people. A festive season for the worshippers of the sun god took place immediately after the winter solstice, the time when the sun stands still after its annual dip into the southern hemisphere. The commencement of its climb from this low point was regarded as the rebirth of Mithra, and the Romans celebrated his birthday on the 25th of December each year. There was great merriment on this holiday, festivals and feastings, gifts given to friends, and the dwelling places decorated with evergreens. 
Gradually, Christianity gained a victory over Mithraism, which had been its strongest rival, and the festival day celebrating the birth of Mithra was used by the Christians to commemorate the birth of Christ. The pagan worship of the sun, deeply rooted in Roman culture, was replaced by one of the greatest festivals among Christians. Christmas has come down to us as a day of thanksgiving and rejoicing, a day of good cheer and goodwill to men. Although it has an earthly relation and significance, it is divine in content. The ancient Christian celebration has lived continuously through the centuries. The Meaning of Christmas Today How is Christmas regarded today? The legend of Santa Claus, the Christmas tree, the decorations of tinsel and mistletoe, and the giving of gifts all express to us the spirit of the day we celebrate. But the true spirit of Christmas lies much deeper than these. It is found in the life of the Savior, in the principles He taught, in His atoning sacrifice, which become our great heritage. Many years ago, the First Presidency of the Church made this significant statement. Christmas to the Latter-day Saint is both reminiscent and prophetic, a reminder of two great and solemn events, which will yet be regarded universally as the mightiest and most wonderful happenings in the history of the human race. These events were foreordained to take place upon this planet before it was created. One of them was the coming of the Savior in the meridian of time, to die for the sins of the world, and the other is the prospective advent of the risen and glorified Redeemer to reign upon the earth as King of Kings. What Christmas suggests to a Latter-day Saint. Millennial Star, January the 2nd, 1908, page 1. In Paul's short letter to the Galatians, he showed great concern over their apparent disbelief and their forsaking of his teachings regarding Christ. He wrote to them, But it is good to be zealously affected always in a good thing, and not only when I am present with you. My little children, of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. Galatians chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. In other words, Paul expressed himself as suffering pain and anxiety until Christ be formed in them. This is another way of saying, in Christ, as that expression is used by Paul repeatedly in his writings. It is possible for Christ to be born in men's lives, and when such an experience actually happens, a man is in Christ, Christ is formed in him. This presupposes that we take Christ into our hearts and make him the living contemporary of our lives. He is not just a general truth or a fact in history, but the Savior of men everywhere and at all times. When we strive to be Christ-like, He is formed in us. If we open the door, He will enter. If we seek His counsel, He will counsel us. For Christ to be formed in us, we must have a belief in Him and in His atonement. Such a belief in Christ and the keeping of His commandments are not restraints upon us. By these, men are set free. This Prince of Peace waits to give peace of mind, which may make each of us a channel of that peace. The real Christmas comes to him who has taken Christ into his life 
as a moving, dynamic, vitalizing force. The real spirit of Christmas lies in the life and mission of the Master. I continue with what the writer defines as the real spirit of Christmas. It is a desire to sacrifice for others, to render service, and to possess a feeling of universal brotherhood. It consists of a willingness to forget what you have done for others and to remember only what others have done for you, to ignore what the world owes you and think only of your duties in the middle distance and your chance to do good and aid your fellow men in the foreground, to see that your fellow men are just as good as you are, and try to look behind their faces to their hearts, to close your book of grievances against the universe, and to look about you for a place to sow a few seeds of happiness and go your way unobserved. Improvement Era, December 1919, page 155. In his contemplation of the Christmas season, James Wallingford penned these lines, Christmas is not a day or a season, but a condition of heart and mind. If we love our neighbors as ourselves, if in our riches we are poor in spirit, and in our poverty we are rich in grace, if our charity vaunteth not itself, but suffereth long and is kind, if when our brother asks for a loaf, we give ourselves instead, if each day dawns in opportunity and sets in achievement, however small, then every day is Christ's day, and Christmas is always near. In Charles L. Wallace edition, Words of Life, page 33, a wise man has said, The most amazing thing about the Christmas story is its relevance. It is at home in every age and fits into every mood of life. It is not simply a lovely tale once told, but eternally contemporary. It is the voice crying out in every wilderness. It is as meaningful in our time as in that long-ago night when shepherds followed the light of the star to the manger of Bethlehem. Joseph R. Sizu, Words of Life, page 33. It has been said that Christmas is for children, but as the years of childhood fancy pass away and an understanding maturity takes their place, the simple teaching of the Savior that it is more blessed to give than to receive, Acts chapter 20, verse 35, becomes a reality. The evolution from a pagan holiday transformed into a Christian festival to the birth of Christ in men's lives is another form of maturity that comes to one who has been touched by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Find the True Spirit of Christmas If you desire to find the true spirit of Christmas and partake of the sweetness of it, let me make this suggestion to you. During the hurry of the festive occasion of this Christmas season, find time to turn your heart to God. Perhaps in the quiet hours, and in a quiet place, and on your knees, alone or with loved ones, give thanks for the good things that have come to you, and ask that His Spirit might dwell in you as you earnestly strive to serve Him and keep His commandments. He will take you by the hand, and His promises will be kept. I know that God lives. 
I bear witness of the divinity of His Son, the Savior of the world, and I express appreciation for the blessing of having upon the earth a prophet of the living God. Note, from a devotional address given at Brigham Young University on December the 5th, 1972. End of note. End of Gospel Classics, The Real Christmas by President Howard W. Hunter, 1907-1995, 14th President of the Church.